you yeah. want to know what a real bad movie is? Let's hear it. Zombie strippers. Oh, oh yeah, no, that, they made <laughs> oh, me watch we, that we one made, as well. We made, we made we made him watch that a while back. And why do you think the uh, segment's I, I, been I, discontinued? <laughs> I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Zombies Ate My Podcast. This is Ryan Murphy, your host. I'm not going to read this because it's old. Uh, but uh, anyways, I'm here and I'm joined by Lou, the busy zombie lord. Lou Page, how are you this fine evening? I'm um, not too bad, not too bad. Mm, good. I need to change that intro. It always throws me off when I host. Yes, it does. Bob is and- not here, unfortunately. Uh, he is <laughs> traveling for work, but we are joined by a returning guest last on the show in 2014 to discuss her book the art of eating through the zombie apocalypse our guest returns today with a new project the walking dead the official cookbook and survival guide please welcome back lauren wilson how are you doing lauren i'm doing great guys how's it going not too bad not too bad yeah it's uh, fantastic to have you back on the show we were just talking pre-show getting warmed up and i don't want to wait any longer because there's this amazing photo in our notes and we need to address this because bob will no doubt listen i know he listens when he misses a show because he wants to know what terrible things we said about him so (laughs) let's start off the show with some terrible uh terrible news for poor bob lauren i'll let you take it away well um your listeners might recall or might not but last time i was on the show bob and i uh proposed a friendly wager where uh (laughs) I'll backtrack just for a second and say that Bob was thoroughly disgusted by the bug recipes that were in my first book, The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse. We talked about them at length. He felt very squirmy about the whole thing. And we left off my my appearance with a wager that if I watched the movie Zombie Strippers, he would eat some bugs. And I'm very happy to come back and report that I have indeed watched <laughs> Zombie Strippers. And I can't so wait now, to tell him. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm cashing in, and Bob's got to eat some bugs. Nice. And, and the great <laughs> part about this is that it, it, it took you three years to recover from watching Zombie Strippers to remember it's, that, oh, right, really Bob needs to eat bugs. <laughs> and, I'm just yeah. glad you remembered. Yeah. I would probably listen to the episode and be like, oh, we missed out on an opportunity here to torture Bob. Yeah, it was t- it was top of mind, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> Good, and uh, this looks uh, delightful. Um, I'm glad that I'm in Canada and getting people in the states to ship things north is nigh impossible. So, Bob, uh, another one coming at you. This time, it's not a T-shirt or a replica bat. It's uh, some yeah. delicious uh, bugs. Silkworm. Yeah, and yes, bo- boiled silkworms. Mm, and I'm sure there's some recipes that he would be able to uh, to use uh, from your 2014 book and maybe your 2017 book, the one we're going to talk about today, uh, that he could turn these what would be lovely on their own into a, a delectable uh, you know meal, right? I'm, I'm sure this is an ingredient in a few recipes, correct? You know, I, it is. And I'm, as I'm looking at this um, this can of of boiled silkworms i have it right in front of me here 
There's there's very little English on this can. I will say that it's it's mostly Korean. Okay. But the gist that I'm getting from the images is that they might be there's definitely liquid in here. So they're floating around in some kind of sauce and I think they might be kind of spicy. Mm. So, you know, they could easily be put into the there's a um a fried rice recipe in the art of eating that he can yes, use them for. Yeah. And I will also say that they seem to have Pretty, where's the protein? I was looking at it earlier. Pretty high protein content. So, Perfect. you know, a little bonus. Well, you can uh, <laughs> skip that spoon of peanut butter in the morning because you're getting a spoon of silkworm. So that's, uh, and if Bob hasn't checked out by now, we'll be sure to send him the clip so he can listen to it. Uh, if he decides to <laughs> skip through this but we're not we're not going to spend the entire episode torturing bob we do miss him dearly he'll be back <laughs> uh next week and uh we'll uh we'll probably get his first-hand take on on what he felt uh happened in this fine episode so without further ado we're gonna we're gonna jump right in here we've got some questions for lauren we're gonna talk about our new book uh the walking dead official cookbook and survival guide so we'll kick things off can you tell us the story of how the opportunity came up to create this official cookbook um, for The Walking Dead? If well, there is a story you know, there. Well, there is a story. It's not a super exciting story, but it's um, one that I feel very fortunate to be able to tell because the fact that I had written The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse sort of made me the perfect candidate to write this book. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was approached by the publisher who said, hey, you know, are you a fan of The Walking Dead? We know you wrote this other book. Would you be interested in doing a cookbook for for The Walking Dead? And, and of course, the answer was yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that's sort of how it happened. So I really just uh, somehow now I'm, 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 you know, digging myself a little niche in the apocalyptic cooking world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was such a thrill to be able to do this. I feel really, really lucky and fortunate. Good. We, I know that when uh, one of the news sites we followed popped up with the Walking Dead cookbook, I was like, wait, what? I, that, it's not the same. I, I had to go grab my book off. Like, That's the same <laughs> one that we interviewed. How's the, okay, I guess, guess she's going to be writing about zombie cook, cooking for a while. Well, I, I don't. I'll say this. When I finished my first book, I certainly never intended to write another zombie cookbook. And now I've written a second zombie cookbook, and I do not intend to write a third, but who knows? <laughs> well, there's always who Z Nation, knows? right? There's always is there Z Nation. Any, is there any future in writing a regular cookbook that's not zombie related? I, I hope so, because that's sort of what I'm working on right now. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so fingers crossed. Fingers crossed there will be new and exciting things for me coming down the road. Can't wait. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, like... You talk about uh, the publicist asking you if uh, you're a fan of The Walking Dead, and yes, checkbox. We're going to talk about that later as well uh, in the show. How does it feel to create an official item for one of your favorite television shows that are is currently airing? You know, it. Um, that's a good question because I I don't think I felt. I mean, I certainly felt pressure while I was doing it. Um, because I do love the show, I am just by nature a really nerdy person, and I get really into things. And I like I just can relate to the fans who just love The Walking Dead. You know, they have this love in their heart, and so I 
certainly like really hope that they enjoy it. Um, but I also worked really, really hard to make sure that I stayed as true to the universe of the show as I possibly could. I rewatched every single episode. I looked for every single scene that had food in it. And I really, really tried to make it true um, to the universe of the show. So I hope that fans appreciate it and enjoy it and can nerd out on it. Um, yeah. So I have a question. I see a recipe here called Carol's Beets and Acorn Cookies. Mm-hmm. I. I've cooked with many things, but I have never cooked with acorn flour. Was that something you had to buy in a store, or was that something that you had to make on your own? Well, actually, that's a good question, because I have made acorn flour on my own. For the first book, the timing worked out that I could go in the fall and forage for acorns and go through the whole process. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a process to make acorn flour, because... By nature, most acorns are very, very tannic, and so you have mm-hmm. to kind of leach the tannins out of them before you can make a flower. Um, but I did that whole process for my first book, and then when I was writing the second book, it, I was writing in the dead of winter, and so I, I, I kind of panicked for a second and thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my hands on acorn flour? And then, you know, th- three seconds on Google helped me find a, a purveyor <laughs> in, in California that uh, that has a wholesale business and sells acorn flour. So I was able to purchase some online, thankfully. Well, that's good to know because I'm looking at the recipe and it sounds delicious, but I'm going, huh, getting my hands on acorn flour is not going to be easy. Right. Not if you don't want to have to go through the whole process of making it yourself. But it actually, it it isn't that easy. And I mean, you can order it from California. It's not the cheapest, um, but all that information is in the back of the book under the resources. So you can find out exactly how to get it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, fall's coming, Lou. So you could just, you you could forage for acorns because we still have time. Uh, How how is this new book uh, informed by your 2014 book, The Art of eating through the zombie apocalypse like um was it something that you tried to keep it fresh and separate from the 2014 book or you know you had mentioned that the publicist said hey you did this you'd be really great for this um Mm -hmm. how did you how did you approach it while still trying to kind of you know keep it separate from the other book well i I guess a couple things there one is that i think that in, in deciding to write a zombie cookbook when I was doing the first book, I thought, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to write a zombie cookbook. And then when I, like, really sat down to think about that, I realized what I'm actually writing is, a, like, a, a, a culinary survival guide, really. I mean, so in, in a lot of ways, that book did inform the second book in that I just, I did so much research and so much hands-on work for the first book, and that freed me up a little bit for the second book because I had you know, a cadre of skills and knowledge that I could draw from, um, while also trying to tie in things from the show. So, um, on the walking dead, you know, in Alexandria, they have that big solar array. And so they have access to electricity through that. And so I talk about solar rays and I talk about different forms of power. And I do get into some stuff that I didn't touch upon in the first book, um, because it's very specific to the walking dead world. But, uh, but the fact that I had written the first book really enabled me to write the second book. And then on top of that, I had to write the second book, The Walking Dead book, in three months, which 
is if you've never written a book before, it's really not a lot of time no, to write even. and test 60 recipes plus the entire survival section, plus all the little, you know, show related sidebars and everything. Um, so I, I, I took a leave from my job and I was just working on the project seven days a week for three months straight. Um, so I think that if I had not written that first book, it would have been all but impossible to do that. Wow. Yeah. Three months. Uh, I assume that's just like from opportunity to, we need to have the product out before season yeah. eight, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's not anything that anyone would be surprised about, but an opportunity like this comes across your desk and it's like, yeah, we'll find a way to take the leave and, and, uh, and get this book out there. Um, and it, it's, it's awesome that there hasn't been a, like a cookbook like this done for the, not that I've seen. Um, uh, so it's good that it's good that they were able to grab someone to do this that has had experience because like you said, if you tried to do this without having done all the research, because I know when we had you on, uh, I should probably say for everybody who's wondering, yeah, episode 82, when you were on to talk about your 2014 book, um, I remember you saying, I think it took you a couple of years to do that one. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of research involved, uh, a lot of bug testing, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so that's that's really that's really interesting. And I'm it, it's it's really good to hear that your experience with the first book obviously really helps with with the new book for sure yeah absolutely so do you have a favorite recipe in the book oh that's a good question um you know i think that i oh, i i have a lot of favorite recipes in the book but i the one that i think stands out to me as my favorite personally would be the wild boar chops Um, because it's a fairly simple recipe and it's just so delicious. And I always like to say too, that if anyone listening wants to make that recipe at home and they're like, where do I get wild boar? Uh, you can certainly just substitute a bone in pork chop and it will be equally delicious. Hmm. That's actually, yeah. Like were there a lot of recipes in the book that, uh, that had ingredients that fit within the show universe, like whether it was a specific moment or locale that people would, mm-hmm. would have a hard time finding. Like obviously a lot of the bug ingredients, uh, acorn flour. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it was, was there a specific ingredient that kind of threw you out? It's like, oh, this is going to be really hard for people to find. So let's make sure that they know there's a substitute, like you said, substitute any sort of, uh, pork chop or whatever into that recipe. Yes, several recipes because, I mean, you guys know that there actually is a fair amount of wild game in that show. Like Daryl's hunting squirrels like nobody's business. Um, There are scenes where Rick is catching rabbits with snares. Um, the, the folks at the kingdom are doing this, the slightly tainted wild boars for the saviors. And so, um, for all of those recipes that call for wild game, um, there are substitutes listed or mentioned because you can easily substitute in, you know, chicken for squirrel or beef for deer or what have you. Um, so yes, that's, that's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's in the spirit of the show. You don't necessarily need to have deer meat to make, you know, Dixon deer stew. It'll still be fun and and tasty and great. Hmm. Cool. Uh, Lou, do you want to throw one out? Throw it, ask a question there. Uh, I feel like I'm hogging the, hogging these questions. You haven't, Ryan. Oh, relax. I'm Canadian. It's, it's uh, okay. Do you know if anybody <laughs> in AMC has seen your cookbook or tried any recipes from the cookbook yet? Yes. Um, so AMC 
so what happened is I worked with a publisher called Inside Editions. Um, they licensed the rights from AMC to do this book. And AMC was uh, fairly involved in the process. They had to approve the concept. They had to improve, uh, approve my recipe list and my table of contents. And then uh, they approved. They had, to, they had to approve the entire manuscript once it was done. So they were involved uh, in making sure, you know, I think largely they just wanted to make sure that it did stay true to the universe of the show and to the characters. Um, and so they were involved in that. And then as far as uh, testing recipes, I don't know if anyone at AMC has tested recipes, but I do know that all of the cast members of the show received a copy of the book. So I'm hoping maybe someone sometime will say something about it and I could get some sense as to what they think about it because that would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. To see uh, like Daryl Dixon doing something with with one of his recipes in the book would be really cool. Like, or or any like you said, any of the actors. And I know they're all like fairly. They've been on the show for seven plus years now, and they're kind of steeped in their characters. So to see them like bite into something that was inspired by their character would probably be uh, really awesome to see for both fans and you as someone who who even wrote the book. Um, and, and speaking of recipes that were inspired by the show, were there any recipes that could have been inspired by the show but you weren't able to include? And I'll give an example. The grossest one I could think of without being illegal, uh, you know, the show is an M-rated. It's very, it's all over the place, uh, was Negan's dog food sandwiches. Obviously, you're not going to include that in a, in a, in a recipe because it's like two ingredients and it's gross and no one should ever eat dog food unless you're a dog. Or you're trying to survive in the apocalypse. But were there any recipes that you you had to keep out of the book because it's like, nah, this is just, this is a good reference, but it's just too much? Yes. So uh, the dog food is a good one. That ended up being a sidebar as opposed to a recipe. Um, then there was also, I mean, people ask, people ask me funny questions when I meet fans and they ask me about the book. And a lot of people asked if there was any recipe using Bob's leg meat. No. Oh. That's what I was trying to. I was, actually, yeah, I was trying to avoid that. Thinking of that, but I wasn't ready to ask. <laughs> so I mean, and the answer to that is no. Um, I think that ended up being in a sidebar reference as well. And then one other thing that uh, I put into uh, a sidebar. I mean, I suppose perhaps maybe I could have done something with it. But there's a scene. Um, oh geez, what season was it? It was maybe I think it was season five where Beth and Daryl um, end up like they're together and they're isolated from the group and they're off on this little adventure, just the two of them. And they are in this house and they find they open this cabinet and it's got this jar of like pickled pig's feet. And then they also find like peanut butter and jam. And, you know, I suppose maybe I could have tried to do something with that. But I really at the end, I was just like, nah, no, that's I, I can't. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, that, that, that might be a little much. Don't yeah. they get into moonshine in that episode? You could. I, I, yes, they do. They 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 do get into moonshine, and there is a moonshine recipe in the book. Oh well, see, this is I like. I think if we're trying to like poke holes I, in this, we've you've covered I, everything. I, like you covered the leg this. meat. That was the big one for me. It's like I'm not going to mention it because <laughs> I know it's a zombie show, and cannibalism was like a big deal in one of the seasons. It was probably one of my you know my favorite seasons there with that storyline with the hunters, but. Um, the fact that you covered that in a sidebar and <laughs> the dog food sandwiches, um, I, I couldn't think of any other ones. And I know if Bob were here, he would ask, is there a spaghetti recipe? And then he'd play the clip where Negan says, I fed him spaghetti. Uh, 
I think that would, again, probably tickle his heart. Maybe make up for the fact you're going to make him eat bugs. So spaghetti, <laughs> Negan's spaghetti. That's a big one, I think, that he would be looking for. Oh, yeah, Negan's spaghetti is in there. And let us not forget Herschel's spaghetti. Oh, wow. I don't know if any... Yeah, does anyone remember that that reference? It was, it, I mean, it was, he didn't even make spaghetti, but he just talked about having spaghetti dinner, Tuesday spaghetti dinner every Wednesday. It was some joke that he I'm, made. I'm, huh. I'm remembering a lot of this food stuff and content from the show, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, they do actually talk a lot about food in this they do. show, and I never realized it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that well, that's awesome. I think that'll make uh, that'll make Bob really happy. So that brings me to my next question: Like, if you poured through the whole show and you looked at all the references, even so much as the throwaway line about you know Herschel's Tuesday spaghetti night on Wednesdays, and I do remember that. I think he was joking around with with Carl uh, when he was recovering. But uh, any dream sequence food from when Glenn was you know like in fevers or uh, Rick's fever dream about you know uh, Glenn and Abraham being alive anything picked off of that table? Um, you know. Oh no! Uh, actually, you know what? That was I think that was in la- that was last season, right? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the first episode of season seven. Oh, was it actually the first episode? I think I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I don't think there's anything from... No, that's not true. There is stuff from season seven. So why did I miss that? All that to say, I know that at some point during season seven, I, 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 I like it was, it was game over. I couldn't do anything anymore with it because... Mm-hmm. Oh, because they took the hiatus at the half season. That's what it yeah. was. And then I, was, yeah. I, was, I had to hand in the manuscript. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it was, you know, now that I'm thinking back, it was either the first episode or the last episode. And I'm... I'm thinking think it was it, the first one, but it, there was a lot of uh, there was probably a lot of generic stuff on there that you had already covered. And unless you wanted to reference the fact that you know uh, Glenn and Abraham were no longer with us, still a sore point at probably the time when you were writing the book. Uh, that that might be a tough one to fit in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't remember anything special about it. I just remember it being like a moment where there was a lot of food, and I think spaghetti came up. There was a spaghetti theme. I'm I'm starting to realize to the show. Uh, and yeah, because they also eat spaghetti in the first season at the CDC. I don't know if you remember that they had a big dinner at the CDC where they were drinking yes. wine and eating spaghetti. So CDC uh, spaghetti, Herschel yep. spaghetti, Negan spaghetti. I mean, you're that's three for four. It's not bad. I think that's actually probably your spread for spaghetti in 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 a single cookbook, right? Like you don't want to go. I, you know, to be honest, the CDC spaghetti got cut because we had so many pasta recipes and it was like, we can't have another pasta recipe. So the well, CDC go. spaghetti got cut. Yeah. <laughs> no, so did hey. you have to rewatch the whole show to come up with uh, any of this? Or did, did you remember most of it fresh? No, 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 certainly not. I mean, you know, seven years of watching a show <laughs> where, where I think that it's fair that, you know, you're, the point that you brought up earlier where it's like, I didn't even realize how much food is in this show because you're not really watching the show for food you're watching the show for everything else so I think that those food moments are just really easily lost and so yes I had to go back from the beginning and what I actually did was I didn't I didn't re-watch every single episode because I did not have the time to do that but what I did was I like launched Netflix in my browser on my laptop and then just used the progress bar which like has a little pop-up preview of like this of what's the action happening and I just kind of scanned through every episode and anytime I saw anything about food I would stop and just watch that scene, take notes, and move on. Hmm. So that's that was the process I had to go, and even that process took a very long time oh, to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even imagine. Yeah. 
there's some seasons of the show. I, as much as I love the show, we joke. Sitting through season three is very painful. Yeah. So there's probably not a lot of cooking. Governor didn't feel like someone who would probably do a lot of cooking. Did a lot of tank stuff, but uh, yes, he actually did do some cooking. I mean, Mm. he uh, he grew hot peppers in his backyard. I don't I don't know if that was that was like a small detail that I don't know if anyone even caught. But there's a pickled pepper recipe in the book in reference to that. And then um, he also cooked some scrambled eggs and toast for Michonne and Andrea when they first arrived. Um, Mm. So there's there's a recipe for the governor's scrambled eggs as well. I, I feel like uh, the pickled uh, the pickled peppers is also a reference to possibly his head collection, <laughs> which would be oh, also floating things and not you know not to like take all the recipes and be like oh, I can't I cook it I don't know if I can eat it now because I don't think Ryan was... <laughs> Ryan I, I, you have some kind of fixation tonight on being a cannibal and eating people no 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 <laughs> I don't I'm, understand. I'm... I'm just like we're trying to associate like you, I, now I think... it's opened everything for the show. It's all about food. I'm seeing it now. But also this fixation, I think, will come in handy for later discussion of, of uh, the movie we plan to talk about. So, Ooh, yeah, good. foreshadow, foreshadow. Oh, yes, cannibalism. <laughs> it's perfect. It's here to stay. Uh, good. Uh, so speaking of ingredients, we, we touched on, you know, acorn flour and, and making it yourself for your first book. Did you try to, when you were making this book, obviously inspired by The Walking Dead, we've covered that. Did you strike a balance between, you know, foraging foraging ingredients like acorns and bugs and stuff and and scavenging ingredients like you know uh the pudding which i know is is something that's referenced in the book like Mm -hmm. how did you how did you strike a balance there did you even just try to just write it um i think that you know for uh, so it really a lot of it was inspired by location so for example you know if you're in alexandria Mm-hmm. You have the food, the food pantry that you can go to, and there are canned goods there. So you know, I if I, sometimes I knew specifically that they would have certain ingredients. Like for instance, when Carol makes those beaten acorn cookies, she goes into the Alexandria pantry and gets a can of beets and gets a can, a can of water chestnuts and yada yada yada. So in those instances, I knew that okay, yeah, she had access to those things. And then sometimes I just assume you know they'd probably have you know a can of peas or what have you. Um, and then in other instances, you know, if it was, uh, if, the, if they were in a, a location where they could conceivably be either growing fresh foods or foraging fresh foods, I just sort of, you know, made the assumption that it was available to them. But I really did try to think about, okay, this is where they're living. I have seen them going around in the forest and doing things so they could potentially forage X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I really, I really gave it as much thought as I possibly could, because as I said, I really wanted it to make it as true to the universe as possible. Cool. That's really cool. Uh, Lou, you want to take one? Yeah, so I have a question, not to bring bugs back up again, but I'm going (laughs) to... Poor Lou, or poor Bob, rather. (laughs) Uh, But in the last book, you cook cook with bugs, and I've read a lot of articles, especially in the last year or so, that talk about adding bugs to, like, Whole Foods uh, shelves and stuff like that, and that... People are trying to actually make bugs a thing here in America as ordering them at a restaurant and whatnot. I was curious as to what your take on all that might be as someone who's cooked with them, obviously. Well, I think that, you know, when I when I was writing the first book and I decided to include bugs in there in doing research, it it became clear to me that bugs were being proposed as more of a mainstream 
um, source of protein because as far as like resource use goes, they're just easier and they, they require less resources to produce than meat and they have comparable protein content. Yeah. So um, there is a movement of people who are really, you know, really earnestly trying to promote bugs as a good source of protein. So the fact that all of this is happening doesn't surprise me. And I mean, so many places, you know, outside of the Western world eat bugs every day anyway. So, yeah. So do you feel like maybe you were ahead of the game with your first book? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> The, the new uh, the new trend uh, eating bugs uh, Bob you're a trendsetter uh, I, I I love how we're talking as if he's already done it because you know we know he will he has to um, he does not live that far from me Ryan I can drive to his yeah. house and make if him he refuses to give us his address we'll give you Lou's and Lou will personally <laughs> deliver the silkworm um, one one last question here and uh, I don't want to I just don't want to end it on, on a bug note so so Bob is, is grossed out so we'll bring him back up here a little bit um, were you able to include a recipe for each of your favorite characters and was there anybody that you missed on the show even if it was it wasn't your, one of your favorite characters I think the answer to that is no um, you know, there were there were few recipes that I really had to cut, um, the CDC being one of them. But no, I, I don't think so. I think I really was able to get everything that I wanted to get in there in there. And I think that for some characters, there were obvious recipe choices. So like Herschel with the spaghetti, that's something that Herschel specifically talks about in the show. And then for other characters like Daryl, we might not necessarily see him making anything, but we do see him hunting squirrel and deer. And so from there, it was just a matter of, um, you know, trying to, to figure out a recipe that would make sense. So like deer stew seems like a good one. And then squirrel, the squirrel recipe in the book is uh, squirrel piquant, which is a very Southern uh, preparation. And they're in the South. So it, it made sense to me to do that. So, yeah. Good. Well, I, I, that's good that you're able to cover, you know, because there's obviously a lot of characters uh, in this show running for seven seasons and having such a large, you know, comic book base to, to work from. So that's, that's really good. So that kind of wraps up all the questions we we have. Um, thank you so much for coming on to, to to talk about the book, and we were we're super stoked to to hear that you were, you know, going to come back on. And um, I guess now before we move on in the into the rest of the show, why don't you give us a uh, give our listeners a quick um, update on where they can pick up the book because it's available now. It just came out this week, right? Yes, it just came out yesterday. Uh, October 10th um, is when it came out, if, you, if um, you're listening to this later. And you can get it really anywhere books are sold. Um, if you go into your local bookshop, they can order it for you. If they don't have it, you can get it on Amazon.com. Um, and uh, I will say, though, that one thing that um, I think fans might be interested to hear is that if you go to my own personal website, which is laurenmwilson.com, I am offering two free bonus recipes to accompany the book that are perfect for viewing parties. Good. So people people can pop on over to my site, grab those recipes, throw themselves a little viewing party. The premiere for the show, as I'm sure you guys have mentioned already many times, is October 22nd, just around the corner. Um, so yeah. Oh yes, I did get those bonus recipes, and I I look forward to uh, to making those. Uh, oh great. Because uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. No, cool. the popcorn one, honestly, I'll, I I'm always down for popcorn, and if it's inspired by you know a character that is you know a little shady, not really sure, <laughs> but he's into pickled popcorn, I'm down. 
That's really good. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the book at the end of the show, and, and we'll do another quick plug. But what I do want to talk about is uh, a segment that has kind of gone dormant, but resurrected uh, by, by Lauren here coming back on the show. She had mentioned that she watched a, a movie, and she was curious if we'd seen it. So we're going to do Lauren Goes to the Movies. And I, and I can't wait to hear about this. So you watched Raw, and you 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 didn't you gave me a brief synopsis, but I, I do want to know. I don't even remember how this segment works. I think we just let Lauren talk about Raw. So well, how did and you? I, and how did I you watched feel about it? The, I watched the trailer because this was mm. something I this is a film I had not heard of before. So wow. I'm very curious as to what your take on it was. Well, okay, so I had heard of the movie from a friend who mentioned it to me. It's like, have you seen this? Like, it's kind of like a zombie movie. I don't really know. And they told me what the premise was. And I thought that sounds ridiculous. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, I was just flipping through Netflix and it popped up as recommended for me. And I thought, oh, right, that movie. I'm like, okay, I'm in the mood for a zombie movie. Um, but I, again, like, it was, it's not overtly a zombie movie. Like, and I don't know how much I can, I should, can or should spoil um, for people in this segment if they do want to see it. Um, but it's a French film. Um, the premise is a young woman who goes, who is a vegetarian, who goes to veterinary school and uh, essentially through uh, circumstances develops a, a bloodlust and a, a lust for human flesh. Although she never turns into a zombie per se. She stays a f- normal human who just wants to eat people <laughs> I, i'm i'm sold and you said the magic words netflix so sure. i'm looking now to see if i can add it to my netflix queue yeah i took a quick peek to see if it was on canadian netflix it is not so we don't get the we don't get the french nope, films but i can definitely confirm it is on american netflix too bad for you ryan i'm sure i'll be able to find it uh whether it's on our, our various other, we got streaming services up here too, guys. Come on, uh, they're just not as great. So um, yeah, we'll we'll find it. But it sounds so. It's the the premise sounds interesting, and something that I was uh, talking about in our email is that it's it's nice to see films being recommended that that fall within the zombie description slash actual genre. But I think Walking Dead has kind of taken the genre and and focused it in for people who think oh that's not a zombie film because it doesn't have decaying flesh and and brains you know and uh i think the only way we're gonna have zombies kind of stick around is if they continue to reinvent themselves and not just have to be you know the uh the romero style zombies they can be you know these these kids that you forget ryan we've talked plenty about i zombie on this show at this point so i'm pretty sure we've covered other types of zombies Yes. Oh, no, yeah. You know, I haven't seen iZombie, but I, I, I think perhaps I've seen one episode. But the premise is kind of the same thing where this woman is not a z- straight up zombie. She's kind of like a coherent human, but she still eats people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she still eats brains. And oh, uh, it, and if, if you haven't watched a show yet, I recommend it because pretty much they focus on food a lot in that show. So huh. if you're looking for ideas... For future books. Oh, there, interesting. There's, lo- there's, there's lots of cooking brains and how That's to cook true. brains. Okay. Yeah, they, they do a lot of... Uh, well, I, I've only seen the first season, but they start with, 
Shame you know, on you, Ryan. I know, I know. But hey, we're, we're going to talk a bit more about me watching shows. Maybe we should switch it up and do... I'd probably prefer to watch iZombie over what we're maybe going to make me do. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's... Um, they do a lot of hot sauce-based stuff because she finds she just can't stand the texture. And I think the oh, comic book was always, you know, funny enough, spaghetti is what they... Uh, what what I remember seeing in some of the uh, issues that I'd I'd read, but yeah, no, that would, that would actually be, you know, at least you know from your interest of adapting, you know, cookbooks for specific shows to go and and see, and that probably would have been a good question is like now that you watch all these other zombie movies, do you feel like you know I could write like a small little blog post of you know a little recipe for raw? I wonder if I could do that, you know, like maybe all your reviews for zombie films just start with. A recipe inspired by that i don't know that's that's not a bad idea either no that's not a bad idea i like <laughs> it um but wait hold on can we just backtrack for a second so this character in i zombie mm. has has to eat brains but doesn't actually like to eat brains she no, she, she does doesn't. not like she doesn't like uh-huh. brains but it's the only way that keeps her from becoming like regular zombies yeah they go and feral so, right and she so and and she can't taste anything, so the only thing they can taste is spicy. So everything is a chili pepper or Tabasco sauce or something really, really spicy. And when they do it, it's almost in a um, Hannibal way where she makes they show her making the meal while she's talking to somebody. And they go out of their way to make sure that they show you the brain, show it, it, it wrapped up and made into sushi or something like that and it, it pretty much in any scene where she's eating interesting yeah they they do uh they do go a long way for presentation at least near the end of season one uh especially yeah, with the, it, the storyline. it's definitely more of that in season two and three ryan you should it, really watch them well yes I, I realize that but even in season one they <laughs> they form a whole business around it right where they not yes. to go you know into detail here but they form like a you know, like what are those? They have them in the states more, but it's those services where you order food on an app, and then they send, they like drive it over to you. It's called yes. delivery. I, I think. Yes. I don't know why I, I dug so deep on that one, but yeah, no, that show is really <laughs> great, and and has some awesome cooking references for you there. So. Okay, so he, maybe here's a small tangent, but mm. so in this in iZombie, it sounds as though this woman she can't taste anything. She's dead. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yeah, she has okay. died. Yeah. So she, I would say that, you know, even though she's not, you know, mindless and groaning and she's technically dead, she needs to eat brains. Okay, I buy that she's a zombie. I don't, like, is this raw movie, is this person a zombie? She's a fully, she never died, she just has a lust for human flesh. Like, is that a zombie? Is that a zombie? Uh, Maybe it's a Wendigo, like, is that what it is? We've, we've, I think we've talked about it way back when, but... uh, I classify zombie as anything that even cannibalism can be kind of classified as zombie in my book. Um, I mean, we've talked about Evil Dead, and those really aren't zombies, but we still talk a lot about Evil Dead on this show because it's about as close to a zombie as you can get without being a zombie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, think the, I think the genre is wider than just dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, when we talk about ROM, we talk about, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead and stuff. It's like you have to widen, you know, the definition of the genre because there just isn't a lot of solid content in there. And if you just really mm-hmm. narrow in on zombies are Romero zombies, you've got um, Walking Dead and Z Nation kind of on the air right now. Uh, 
uh, and that's about it. Because iZombie, from what I've seen in the first season, there is some, you know, zombie biting action, but most of it is, you know, hipsters eating out of a cardboard box. Like, that's yes. that that's the first season. So, um it's nice to widen the genre a bit, even by definition. Like, yeah, I agree. Cannibalism, you know, uh, you know, Wendigos, stuff like that. It kind of all fits within that that genre. And then maybe there are subgenres are like, no, no, Zombie Prime, all, you know, rotting flesh. They're gonna chase and eat you, and they're not gonna give up. You can certainly put that in a specific category. But then to have stuff on the side, like like Raw, that is inspired by, you know, a traditional. Uh, zombies i think that's that's awesome and something that we need to get you know you know move around to and and to get people uh good with so that the genre can stay active and not just be walking dead yeah i totally agree with that Mm -hmm. cool well i'm super stoked that you brought that movie to us and i think uh i'd love to check it out i'll find a way and and lou will check it out on netflix it's already been added to my netflix queue so wonderful i will say that many scenes were were difficult for me to watch oh yeah there were yeah there was a lot of so it's 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 got a very particular tone it's a french film i think the fact that it's french sort of underscores a lot of the 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 the, i don't know darkness of it and it yeah i many cringe worthy moments like lots yeah it it was there, there were yeah that trailer said a lot that There's trailer said a lot i haven't even watched the trailer so like i'm getting some vibes here that like um it's similar to, like the new it i'll make movie a deal with where, you ryan you know, i will watch the i will watch the film first and then uh, i will inform you whether or not you should watch it you definitely shouldn't watch it with one of the children in the room i'm getting like uh, no I'm getting some some serious vibes from you saying that because you know I am not big on like sort of the the creepy factor of uh, specifically the the cannibalism side of things, but you know it's like Lou is gonna you know um, my my mom did this when I was a kid. It's like I'll watch it first and I'll let you know. It was Aliens. It was Signs. When Signs <laughs> came out, it's like I'll go to theaters and watch it and I'll let you know. And then she came back. It's oh like, Ryan, Ryan, I don't think you, you should go see. Why do you have to remind it. me how young you are? So I, well, no, no, no. Like me and aliens do not get along, and I was probably a little older than than I should admit. I mean, you could do the math; it's not that hard. But signs probably puts me older than I should have been to be afraid of, to go see it in theaters. So yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I want. I, I'm going to be brave uh, for the show, and I will check out at least the trailer, and then we'll see if I can go a little further. But I have not seen it in theaters, and I can't even blame. Uh, my, my small child for that one. I just do not want to go see it. It's too scary. You know, I'm I'm in the same boat. I read it when I was far too young to be reading that book. I think I was maybe eight or nine years old. And oh, I wow. just, I, I mean, I remember enjoying it. I've always been a horror fan, but it also, I just, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't. I can't do it. I can't see the new one because it's it's too it's too scary. <laughs> it looks freaky. Uh, believe it or not, it's not as scary as the trailers let you think. Oh. All the scenes you saw in the trailer are about as scary as that movie gets. Oh, but is it gruesome then? Like, it's a that... great movie, like, but it's it's more like Stranger Things with a clown in the background. Oh, okay. I can. I mean, I can get down with that for sure. I could probably so, do that. It, it's not as bad as you think. Okay. Uh, I, I still can't get my wife to go, but that's because she's terrified of clowns. It's got <laughs> nothing to do with it being anything other than there's a clown in the movie so a lot of people are terrified of clowns um but yes. you know what people aren't afraid of the return of the walking dead which is happening in like less than two weeks uh so we we had to talk about it 
Uh, and and what better way to talk about it is to have a, a special guest on here. And I mean, I've, I follow you on Twitter, Lauren, and you've been talking up a storm about the return of The Walking Dead, and, and you're super stoked to see it come back. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess like people know our thoughts, but what are your thoughts on the return? Like season seven, a lot of people saw it as a little bit of a rocky, you know, introduction, not as bad as the governor, but an, a rocky introduction to one of our favorite comic book characters. Um, and they vowed to kind of like, no, no, this is all at war. This is going to be a big deal. Um, and, and you're going to enjoy what, what we have to show you kind of thing. So your thoughts on the return are you obviously you're looking forward to it but like what has you the most excited about season eight that's a good question i think i i i as much as i hate negan i love negan so i kind of almost don't want to see him go although i feel i don't know not to make a prediction but I feel as though, like, you know, Negan's probably not going to make it through the season. Mm. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what I'm most excited for. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thrown off a little bit by the fact that there's all these rumors swirling about more action than we've ever seen before. It's going to be so fast paced, you know, deaths here and there and everywhere. And I just, I, I don't know, I get a sense that it's going to be maybe a little too chaotic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I say, it, it's not a show that's very fast-paced. It's it's you get a fast-paced episode, then you get three episodes of story, and then you get another fast-paced episode. So if they're going to hit us with fast-paced the whole season, uh, I that's it, going to be a rough ride. It's going to be not a whole lot of people left at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. I love Negan, but I love to hate him. And I think in, in season seven, they played it really well, where obviously um, you're afraid of him at the end of season six. Start of season, season seven, you hate him and for what he's done. Mm-hmm. And then you start to kind of like come around. It's like, oh, he's a terrible person, but boy, does he have charm. And then <laughs> you come back on Rick's side and it's like, yeah, Negan's a bad person and, and this is going to be great. And having more Negan and more Neganisms, as we call it on the show, we have uh, so many clips i again i wish bob were here he'd be playing them you know uh quick fire right now but <laughs> i'm looking forward to those moments with negan as as we continue in this season and you know jeffrey dean morgan's a big name i wonder if you know my biggest thing is like not knowing what happens in the comic books my biggest thing is like he's got to be a a big name to to keep around and i wonder if if this will be the last season we see him in sort of a, a large capacity, uh, whatever that means, whether he dies mm-hmm. or whatever. But I wonder how far this season will go into the storyline uh, or whether if they're saying it's going to be fast paced, then it's probably going to move at a pretty fast clip, you know? So I'm I'm interested to see where the first episode kind of establishes that pace. If they're out there saying publicly, it's going to be fast. Hmm. Yeah, that's it, it. Feels akin to me. I don't know if you guys watch um, Game of Thrones, but the, mm-hmm. the the latest season of Game of Thrones was a lot more fast paced. I feel than any other season, and I feel that it was it the whole the whole pace and experience of the show felt very different to me in a lot of ways. And so I guess maybe I don't know if that's going to happen for this show, where it's almost like losing the the heart of it in a way. But I mean, who knows? Not it could it could be the exact opposite of what I'm imagining. Um, but as far as Negan goes, 
Do either of you read the comics or are up to date with the comics? I read the comics for a while, but I am not up to date. But I do know what happens with most of the plot points in the series. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of spoilers. In fact, I find it makes me enjoy stuff more. So if I want to learn more about something, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll figure <laughs> out this and then I'll watch it later on or I'll read it later on. Yeah, um, I'm pretty fuzzy on this this whole storyline. Obviously, the um, previous to All All Out War, I think, is where I'm most confused and I don't know much. Uh, Bob's our big comic book guy. Uh, but mm-hmm. previous to basically what Negan did at the, at the start of season seven, that was like the last major thing that I knew before going in. Because that like it, mm. it was impossible to do this show without someone saying, oh, yeah, Glenn's dead. It's like, well, okay, <gasps> great, you know. Uh, and uh, but I mean it's one of those things like you can't do a show like this and not have someone come in because like uh, issue 100 would have been wow would have been like in the early days of this show Um, and and that was even when it was a month old but uh, no I don't know much going into this Uh, I know that it's obviously all at war from from the trailers and um, the Game of Thrones reference would be interesting um, to see if they, they take on that pace because for me you have to you know, suspend your sort of like fact checking uh, with these shows that you've you've been forced to do in previous mm-hmm. seasons because it takes seasons to get places and it takes episodes to mm-hmm. check in on characters that have been scavenging. And if they just all of a sudden all have the the teleporter watches like they did in Game of Thrones uh, season seven or whatever it was, it it could be tough to kind of like silence that voice in your head that's like well, this is happening too quickly it's it's it d- does not compute mm-hmm. I, i'd be happy with a faster pace and i'm personally able to sort of put aside my my problems with teleportation or what appears to be happening too quickly obviously it's just a cut camera and it's like we're not going to show you the 30 minutes of walking we're just gonna you know take you right there um they, they ryan they could also just pull a fear of the walking dead and kill off a whole bunch of people in one episode. They, mm. they could. I mean, you know, not to, you know, we, we, not to spoil no anything. No, but... no spoilers. I don't know if you've been watching this season of Fear the Walking Dead, Lauren. But uh... Oh, I have not, but, I, I, but I'm not worried about spoilers. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, this season has been fabulous. It's been great. But the last episode uh, that I watched, which we talked about. You had problems week, with it. Yeah. it. I had problems with it, but only because they found a really easy solution to a problem that the show was having and it, it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm over, I'm over it now, but they killed a whole lot of people in like one episode. And I'm like, uh, Oh, okay. I don't just think to they'll make do things that. Easy. Just yeah. to make things, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That would be a tough one for, to see them doing. Cause that's the problem with fear the walking dead is it's based on, you know, whatever Robert Kirkman and, and the producers can come up with, uh, on the fly when they're doing their scripting. But with the walking dead, it's based on, the comic books and those comic books don't have as far as i know don't have moments like that where people just all of a sudden it's like well all at war now everyone's dead and it's just 1v1 you know (laughs) who's got the best rick on their team and Um, and we should also mention that um it was one of the big announcements this week was that uh the walking dead and fear the walking dead will have a crossover event probably not this season but next season yeah we don't have many So I'll break down the details on the crossover, and then I'd I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Lauren. So we have Kirkman saying that one character from either The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead will appear on the other show for one episode, and it'll be a major event in the universe, uh, but he wouldn't go any further. But he did promise there would be more details in the next few weeks. So that sounds like either A, 
we're getting something in the second half of this season of Walking Dead or something in the first half of Fear the Walking Dead uh, that returns um, probably in next June or something. Mm. So are you a huge, you know, since you've been on the show, uh, Fear the Walking Dead wasn't a thing. So are you a fan of Fear the Walking Dead? And are you looking forward to what I'm sure, no offense, Lou, you might describe as like a ratings grab you're the, you've been that guy on the show i'm not trying to throw yes, you under the bus here but no you're not saying anything i'm not thinking <laughs> so i'm curious um, lauren what do you think well i i saw the the first two seasons of fear of the walking dead i enjoyed them um quite a lot mm-hmm. but as far as a crossover goes i don't know i'm kind of on the same page as you lou i just I, like it just seems like just to do it just, you know, for the hoopla to do it. I don't know that it's necessary. And I mean, I'm sure it'll be cool and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll certainly watch it, but I am, it doesn't do a lot for me. My my only thought about the whole idea was if they're going to do it, I'm hoping they bring us a character that's already dead, like Abraham, because I know that there was talk when the show began that Abraham said something about having come from out in California which I know is where oh. Fear the Walking Dead began. So my mm-hmm. hope is that they have someone like him show up and like maybe save the day and be like, yeah, I got to keep moving and leave and ep- like two episodes later. I think that that would be interesting because then we get to see a, a favorite character that has, has since passed in the show. So Yes, exactly. I read something about the timing of the whole thing because, correct me if I'm, I think, I think that the, the world of the Walking Dead is cr- like in time ahead of the world of Fear yes. of the Walking Dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's several years ahead. Right. So to have a character from Fear of the Walking Dead appear on The Walking Dead would it technically make- be a spoiler. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because you would know that that person lives for however long. Right. Um, whereas to do the reverse, like to have Abraham on Fear of the Walking Dead is not spoiling anything, but it would just be cool to bring back, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I think, you know, um, what the scenario you guys are describing would be best to sort of squash the fears that people are like, oh, this is a ratings grab while still being a ratings grab because you're bringing back someone that people dearly miss like Abraham. Mm -hmm. And you would have to, if you're bringing someone back from The Walking Dead, you would have to pick someone from the season three onwards because of that time gap. uh, Fear the Walking Dead right now, I think is... um, almost if not past the catch-up point of where rick woke up from his coma so anybody you bring in from the first the early seasons of the walking dead it would have been tough for them to get from the west coast to the east coast unless i'm mixing things up here mm. no no the... you, you're make, you, you've, you've got it right you've got it right okay yeah my american geography is not the greatest we, we've established this uh but <laughs> um and how long it takes to get from point a to point b from whatever place they're in uh so but to see someone come from fear the walking dead to the walking dead you pose the issue of yeah spoilers um but you know we've had some theories on this show that uh fear the walking dead might end um with its confirmed fourth season you know because we're always thinking well the ratings aren't the same as the walking dead would it be it wouldn't be a spoiler if you just took someone out of fear the walking dead if that show had indeed finished and then brought a character through to the next one like we had predicted like if fear the walking dead didn't do well you pick nick up from fear the walking dead which appears to be one of the likable you know, people uh, like that character pick him up mm-hmm. and throw him into the walking dead land 
uh, and see how he fares on that show. Would that? But that would feel so out of place. And they they kind of talk about how it's going to be one episode. So yeah. I could see it being the traveling, you know, the traveling monk. Like maybe it's Abraham and Eugene's team on their way through, and they interact with, you know, the characters. That, that's actually a they've really certainly good they've certainly done that in the games. So oh, yes. I I wouldn't be surprised that they do that in the show. So yeah, like uh, Glenn pops up in the first episode of. Um, the Walking Dead from Telltale, and it's kind of like one of those things where, like, hey, I was born here, but I'm heading this way, and, so we'll see. And ya. Jesus showed up in the last, yeah, one. season three, yeah. And he's, I was trying to remember, I was trying to remember because that's the one I didn't finish. Yeah, he's in there. <laughs> yep, Jesus, good old Jesus. So that's <laughs> it's really neat to see that they're that they're confirming this crossover, even though they've said in the past that it would be very very tough to do. So I'm hoping that they've found, you know. They ha- they aren't just doing it for the for a business sake. They're doing it because they f- they thought of a really good story, and I know there are people out there who may or may not be on on the Skype call uh, that might think that uh, <laughs> that no Ryan, you're being too nice to a major company that's being sued by many of their creators uh, that they're doing this f- purely for a story reason. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But um, Walking Dead returns October twenty second. You can be sure to, that we will be around to talk about it uh, shortly afterwards, and uh, Bob will surely cap a bunch of Negan quotes because there's going to be a lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, get your uh, get your your viewing party ready. You've got the bonus recipes from uh, Lauren. She'll be giving you more information on where to find those in just a little bit. But um, before we wrap up the show, I did want to talk about. Uh, Extra Life, it's back. It's the charity we did last year uh, in support of uh, sick kids out of Toronto. Um, Extra Life is an event that gamers, you know, they they play video games for 24 hours in support of Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. I am personally playing for sick kids, as mentioned. So support Extra Life, make me watch Z Nation. It's something that people have wanted us to do for a very long time. We couldn't bring ourselves to do it because we're just so busy. I'm the one that sat through the whole first season. Yes. So once again, Lou has watched the first season and then he warned us all, please just let me have this one. Don't watch it. Uh, I don't know if you have you seen any I don't have that kind of free time anymore. No, I I, I personally couldn't make it through. the. I I watched several episodes. (laughs) I couldn't make it through the first season. Yeah, I mean, the zombie baby was just a deal breaker for me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. That was okay. that was that was when everybody else on this show decided not to watch, and we had a fan write in for a couple of months and was like, "You guys need to watch it." So I said, "All right, I'll bite the bullet. I'll watch it." And I watched the whole first season. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I could go back for a second. And I'm hoping those people are still listening, or at least people who enjoy torturing me are still listening, because <laughs> when you donate to my extra life campaign and include Zamp in the comments or any sort of like have fun with Z Nation type stuff, I'll be one step closer to watching every season of Z Nation. So we've got some stretch goals, or we got some goals set up. So basically, Every $100 we raise for charity equals another season of Z Nation. And as soon as we hit the $100 goal, I will start watching Z Nation from the beginning. I'm not even going to like cop out and say, no, I already watched the first episode like four years ago. I will watch it all from scratch. I will I will say right now, sir, you mm. are a better person than I. I cannot do the 24-hour gaming marathon anymore. So well, yeah, that's, that's you, you will carry piece. my torch. Uh, I do it once a year, and then I just go to bed on time 
for 364 days a year. I'm too old for that now, man. I'm yeah, too old for that. That's what I do. When so, are when are you doing it, Ryan? So the big event happens on November 11th. Uh, cool. The Extra Life Prime is on the 4th, so the, the main day, but uh, that's BlizzCon, and we have some friends. Part of the team is going to BlizzCon, so we've moved it to a week later. We're going to be streaming video games live for 24 hours-ish, uh, uh, and if you want more details, you can go to zombies8mypodcast.com slash extralife. And yeah, I'm actually excited to watch Z Nation. I really enjoyed watching uh, all the Resident Evil films only because it was Don't for lie. charity. It was for Don't charity, lie. Lou. So every time I said, this is stupid and I want to close it, I thought, no, it's for the kids. I'm going to watch uh, Mila Jovovich. That, that's not her name. Yes. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to watch Alice kick some butt in slow motion. So this time we're going to watch Z Nation. I don't know what to expect, but whether you're a fan or not of Z Nation, it, it tends to pop up on the podcast, so I'll do it, but only in support of charity. So go to zombiesatemypodcast.com slash extra life, and we have some fun ideas for stretch goals, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, so let's see how much you guys want to want me to watch Z Nation. I, I don't know how this is going to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I may I may donate just to torture you. Man. No. Oh yeah. Is that allowed? Yeah, I guess it's that's a, it's a win-win situation for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he because 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 Ryan then has to watch the nation, but then you're also supporting charity. You exactly. are supporting charity. It's great. Plus, you get to live uh, you you know misery likes company, and Lou's already watched the first season, and it's clearly been bothering him for the last couple of years because I'm I'm getting I'm, I'm getting some some vibes here <laughs> i'm not hostile ryan no, i'm fine. never hostile no 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 <laughs> that's true uh anyways yes so extra life zombies slash extra life check that out uh we're gonna have tons of fun all the details are there and it'll be on our facebook and twitter page but before we close things out i did want to give lauren another shot to just let everybody know where they can find her where to buy her new book which we've talked about and uh, i just want to you know, get the word out there. So, uh, Lauren, with further ado, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on the interwebs at laurenmwilson.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Does This. Um, check out my website if you want to download some free bonus recipes from The Walking Dead Cookbook. Uh, again, the book is The Walking Dead, the official cookbook and survival guide, and it's available at all major bookstores and on Amazon. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the show. We, uh, when, when, like Lou said, when we saw the book coming out, it's like, oh yeah, that's really awesome. And then we got word that you were uh, that you were interested in coming back on, and we jumped at the chance, and we set this up. And honestly, I feel like uh, it's it, it's been a good episode. And you know, I would say it tops the last time you were on because you're gonna get Bob to eat bugs. And honestly, yes. I think that right is really good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> look for message him as soon as we're done with this, and literally be like, hey. You're going to have to listen to the episode as soon as Ryan oh, posts it. <laughs> you know what you should do is just send him a picture of that can. Oh, I will. I already <laughs> told him to check the notes. <laughs> I think he saw the notes and he, he responded with, oh, God. So it'll be – he doesn't know that he's going to have to eat them. He just knows that there's something on the table. And I said, you know, Bob, uh, there's a surprise waiting for you. So uh, you surprised all of us with, with that wager because, honestly, I think we all – had kind of uh, forgotten about it, so um, I'm yeah. glad you didn't because I want. It was Bob a lot of them. episodes ago. We do we do this so much that I kind of forget the last ten episodes until someone emails us and reminds us of something I said, and I go, "Oh crap!" Well, they did say that, didn't ago. I? <laughs> yeah, 
It's crazy. It's crazy that we've been doing this for so long, and I'm I'm glad we're we're still here to to have you back on to talk about. Uh, well, thank you for book. having me, and good on you guys for doing this podcast because it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, if you want to find out more about our uh, lovely podcast, you can go to zombiesatemypodcast.com. We'll find great links like our Patreon, patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. Email us your thoughts on uh, Lauren's new book, uh, whether or not Bob should eat bugs, extra life, stuff like that. Info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And if you want to follow individual hosts, you can find myself on on uh, Twitter at R Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, Bob at Bobberdef, and Lauren, you were at uh, Lauren Does This. Was that Lauren Does This? Yes. Perfect. So follow all those fine folks. And finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, Lauren, this has been Zombies A My Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm I'm going to throw the final word to to Lauren. Usually we we throw it to Lou, so I feel like. Uh, Lauren, any advice to those trying to survive the zombie apocalypse is usually how we wrap this up. Be prepared. Prepare yes. ahead of time. Yes. The scouts were not joking. Be they prepared. Weren't.